Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Well, um, I'm going to leave Johannes up here for a bit longer. Is that all right with you? I just love his playing. Um, I do want to get into a two-week series on Paul's I'm calling them love letters, uncommon love letters, because they really are. Some people think Paul is harsh, but he is a guy that labours for the church of Jesus Christ. He carries the love of God. And I, how you do this in two weeks, I'm not sure. Let's call it the two-day sampler cruise, okay? <laughs> you know when you go on a sampler cruise before you commit to going on the 30-day river cruise in Europe when you've retired? Uh, that's my plan anyway. Um, Paul loved these churches. We're doing a sample of Paul over the next two weeks. He loved the churches, loved them with a passion. He uses language like, I labour like a woman giving birth for you. I would lay down my life for you. This is the love of God through Paul to these churches in these letters. It's just so incredible. Um, and we get copied in on these letters. If Paul was writing an email nowadays, Horizon Church would be in the CC line, right? Um, we would be copied in um, because who knows, there's nothing new under the sun. You know, the characters and the faces may change and the technology may improve and we might be preaching from an iPad this morning and it always makes me nervous. I'm Gen X and so paper to me feels more secure. I'm like, you hold out, don't you die on me, but it's here, so I'll preach it. Um, but we are CC'd in because a lot of the things that he addresses in these letters relate to us. And yes, there is some doctrinal statements, but we've got to see these letters relationally, that they're a conversation between a church leader expressing the love of God to real life people, going through real life things, struggling to know Jesus, struggling to grow in their faith, just like you and me, not superhumans, not even Paul was a superhuman, um, but it's a conversation. The letters, they are conversations. So today, um, as we are 74, I wanna state, just like God had a purpose for the church in Colossae and the church in Ephesians and the church in Philippi, uh, Ephesus rather, and the church in Philippi and all these different churches that Paul wrote to, Horizon Church, God has a purpose for you. God has a very specific purpose. It was begun um, back when Norm Armstrong planted us 74 years ago and God um, put in His heart, I want a place where the Spirit of God can move and minister to people. And 74 years later, that mandate, that call, that blueprint hasn't dissipated, it's increased. And so God has got some things to say to us, the church, Today, Horizon Church, I want to read out of Colossians 2, verse 6 to 10. And it says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. What an antidote uh, to falling away from Christ, to be thankful, to have our gaze on Him. It says, see to it that no one takes you captive 
through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of the world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. You've been brought to fullness this morning, Horizon Church. And this is powerful. This is a letter to a little church. Colossae was not a big city, small city. Isn't it amazing that God does significant things sometimes in insignificant places? Maybe you're feeling very insignificant this morning. Maybe you feel like my family is the least of the least. And God's saying, I have a whole book of the Bible dedicated to something that might have looked insignificant. Small church. And it was a place though of pluralism and syncretism. So pluralism, lots of different ideas and religions and thoughts and they took great pride in that. We're pluralistic. We can coexist and we love philosophy and syncretism. I won't let go of one thing in order to add the new thing. I'll just add truth upon truth, idea upon idea, deception upon deception. I'll just like be one big, I don't know, monster that just eats it all. I'm going to just, it's going to be syncretistic. I'm just going to um, have it all. And the problem with that for believers is we are in the world, not of the world. But sometimes it's easy to be in the world and of the world. It, we, we can be like the frog in the saucepan sometimes when it comes to Jesus and staying true to Him. We can sometimes, sometimes the culture gets into us more than we get into it, right? And so Jesus has something to say through Paul to this church living in this circumstance of this is the environment that you have to live out Christ in. And I think it's crystallised. If if there was one passage that crystallises what Paul wants to say to the church in Colossae, it's the one that we just read. And you can extract three key things out of it. And of course it's three because it's church, right? Um, (laughs) But the first one, is that we continue in Jesus. It says in Colossians 2.8, so, ju- so then just as you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. When it says to continue, the word is literally walk. Walk in His way. Continue to walk in His way. You know, salvation is a one-time event. You may have come this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ or there's been a long, long time between when you met Him and having a vibrant relationship with Him. But salvation's one prayer away. It's a yes to Jesus. It's coming to into agreement with Him. Yes, I want you to be Lord of my life. It's a one time decision. But walking with Christ and continuing with Him, that's a different prospect. To continue with Him, to to allow the Spirit's power to flow through us daily, to be not just knowledgeable of Christ, but to be transformed from the inside out. That is a very, very different prospect. And Paul is saying, if you have any hope of surviving and being the church that God has called you to be in Colossae, to be the light in the darkness, the city on the hill, to be full of my uncommon love for your community, you are gonna have to get real good at continuing in Christ. When I was a child, 
we had these family friends and they, they came to the church. And one of the boys was um, in a household accident. And I remember it so, so clearly. I remember the, the, the day it happened and the, the, the shock that it was, but his hand was essentially crushed and I won't go into the details. Um, but he went straight to hospital, had the best medical care at the children's hospital. I remember visiting, we were all very, very young. But I remember so clearly in my memory, but that the thing that was causing the most worry to the family was that the growth plate in one of the child's fingers had been completely decimated. That the hand would recover, that he would have functionality in his hand, that he'd be able to move and do his job and go to uni and all those things that his parents really had in their hearts for their son. Um, but that this finger, while alive and functional, would never ever grow beyond five years, the five-year-old size that it was at. The growth plate was decimated. And the, the challenge with that is you can't replace a growth plate in a finger. It's irreplaceable. And I remember the mother who knew Jesus praying. I remember my mum standing with her. I remember my mum uh, and, and this lady as very, very young Christians, not even 30 years old, praying over his finger. And I remember an X-ray being done and the growth plate had reappeared. And so the finger completely restored and he's now a man with kids of his own and has completely man-sized hands <laughs> and completely he has continued on in his growth. I really sense that God wants to heal growth plates in people. That God is saying, you, you knew Christ and you've come to Christ and you have salvation but it doesn't stop there. I actually have so much more for you. I wanna fill you with my Spirit for your community. I want you to grow in me. I want you to experience parts of my love that it says in the, the letters of Paul, that it is beyond understanding, that you actually have to experience it. At times, societies accuse the church, you know, you leave your brains at the door, it's just all experience. The truth is, there are some things that can only be experienced in God. There is so much more. And God wants to bring about a desire and a new hunger in His church to continue in Christ and all His riches. You know, there's a, a business model that I think is hilarious and it's that of gyms. I, you may, I, I'm not a big gym junkie. I know Jackson often does his F45 or whatever fatter he's on and different ones. No, that, I do not say that pejoratively. That is total respect, okay? And Alyssa and Kelly are doing Pilates and, and but there is a statistic in Australia about gyms and it's the business model is predicated upon it that 32% um, of Australians are members of a gym. But would you believe 50% of that, uh, that number go once a week and it drops down from there? Do you wanna know the av average expenditure on gyms in Australia every year? $2.4 billion per year, much of it wasted because people started well, but they did not, and my hand's up, <laughs> they did not continue. They did not continue. You know, 
the care of my children um, assumes that I will feed them multiple times a day, right? Um, any parents get the complaints? You've, you've laboured over a three-course dinner and without even touching it, Zosh is nodding, it's yuck, yuck. And I'm like, you haven't even tasted it. <laughs> it's painful. It's an assault to my soul. <laughs> I've spent all this time. Um, but I feed them nonetheless. I offer the healthy food and we inevitably end up at crackers just before bed. Um, so they sleep through the night. Um, and their growth, um, I measure on my laundry wall. How are they going? Little marks, it's really bogan, it's really rudimentary, pens, different colours on our laundry wall. Um, and the daily growth is imperceptible. But I'm telling you, I'm up to shell out for full winter uniforms again this year. The growth is imperceptible and, and Vanessa Condon knows. She's got my, my old gear from because she's got younger children. Um, but the growth is imperceptible day by day. The slippages are imperceptible day by day. But your growth in Jesus Christ is perceptible over time. You know, it's, it, um, God is inviting you to the adventure of daily continuing in Christ. When it's a good day, when I'm tired, when the kids are being challenging, when I'm in a challenging season, when I don't feel Him. And I pray that you sense His presence daily, regularly, but even when you don't, to continue in Christ is all we're called to continue. You know, I, I feel some believers, and certainly not any here, we're an amazing church of believers. <laughs> um, but I feel like some believers are like, yeah, I tried that. I tried to come to church. I tried it and it didn't work for me. <laughs> tried it once. I went on Easter. Or I, I tried tithing, you know, I, I, yeah, I did it once and, and I didn't get the financial breakthrough I was believing for. I didn't really see any change in my life. Or I went to the Christian counselling for our marriage and we, we did a session and it, it just didn't really work. We're still where we are. And I'm thinking, you've got to try it again. You've got to go again. You've got to keep continuing. You've got to keep continuing, Christ. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep sowing. You've got to keep continuing in Him to see the perceptible life that He wants to pour out in you. He wants you to continue to grow when life gets busy, to continue in Him when life serves you other options, to continue in Him, to lay a hold of Him when the kids leave home and you no longer have that in common, to lay a hold of Jesus Christ afresh, to continue in Him well into retirement, to continue in Him when you're in the baby season and you're snatching the five minutes here and there, to continue in Jesus when your career is going gangbusters and to continue in Him when you are unemployed, to continue in Him and not just the knowledge of Him, and that is important, but to be transformed in Him, to be made in His image, to be renewed day by day, to continue to not just know Him once, but to know the riches of His glory, to know His insurpassable love, to continue 
in Christ. You know, you will never get to the end. You will never, ever in this lifetime exhaust God's goodness or His love towards you. You will never, ever exhaust your knowledge of Christ. Continue in Him. There are riches that you, that you haven't plumbed in Him. I wanna bring to your attention life groups and I, I, I'm speaking to online and Sutherland campuses this morning. They're the ones that are under the sound of my voice. And we have this tremendous opportunity in term two in our church. We go by school terms if you haven't noticed and that works, you know, kind of with rhythms and so forth. I'm sorry if you're not sort of connected to school at the moment, but it works. But in term two, we have this tremendous opportunity in life groups where Pastor Brad and Pastor Ali, our senior pastors, they are incredible people, are actually coming to every single life group in the church. They've recorded, they're gonna be zooming in, they're gonna be doing all of that. And we've pre-recorded worship experiences for every single life group to connect and access Jesus and experience His presence together in term two. You know, and we've made this really, really easy. We understand that not everyone is able to get to an on-site life group. You know, there's some that shift work, there's some that are right in that newborn baby phase and, and it's just hard. We're making them available online. Now, obviously there's nothing like being in the room every fortnight with your life group. There is nothing like, I, I've got to say, in terms of continuing in Christ, some of my most transformative experiences have happened in small groups groups, in life groups, in prayer groups, where together we pursue Jesus Christ. I want to invite you, every single person in the life of our church, especially now we've opened them up online to everybody, not just for online campus, but especially for you guys. Um, I want to invite you in term two, whether you intend to pursue it beyond that or not, I want you to avail yourself in term two of a life group, it will be one of the greatest single things that will help you to continue in Christ. Your life group members will pray over you. You'll read the Word together. You'll hear the wisdom of our senior pastors as they break open the Scriptures. We'll worship together. You can access a life group if you are not already in one, if you go to hz.church forward slash connect. I wanna, I would really wanna encourage you, I feel very strongly in God. I really see across Sutherland, uh, a real upsurgence of life groups, of discipleship, of people supporting you as you continue in Christ. Amazing. But Paul goes on to say, don't just continue in Christ, although that is the central thing. He says, don't become captive. Don't become captive. And maybe you're looking at me today and going, how can believers become captive? How can believers, don't we know Jesus and we belong to Him? How can we be captured by something else? And the problem is that when you're not continuing in Christ, but sometimes even when you are, you are just vulnerable in your culture. You are just vulnerable to what is going on in the spiritual realm and in your culture. And we can easily come under the influence of spiritual forces that wanna stuff up God's purposes for your life, to change your thinking, to 
create a heaviness around your life, to create chaos in your family, to obstruct God's purposes in your life. It actually says in Colossians 2.8, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Do you know it is possible as a Christian to be enslaved by ideas, by hopelessness, by things that don't have the power? There is no other name but the name of Jesus. And yet it sneaks in, doesn't it? The God of entrepreneurialism. I'm gonna give my life to it. I'm gonna give my life to maybe maybe seeing a situation through the lens of something that is not Christ Jesus. You know, um, the word that Paul uses is stoikion. There is a spirit realm. And I am not getting ooky spooky today, but we feel it and sense it, that there are things that wanna limit, contain, hold you back from your destiny, distract you, get you doubting and questioning God's goodness toward you. It says in Ephesians 6.12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realm. There is an assignment and it targets your inner world. It targets your inner world. What will you come into agreement with? Do we agree that Christ is central? Do we agree that He can heal today? Do we believe that Jesus can change and turn my marriage around? Do we believe that Jesus has the answer for my parenting? Do I believe or am I just seeing it as not worth it? I feel hopeless. Have I come into agreement with the spirit of this world, which is it's hopeless, it's time to move on. Parents abdicating their authority in the home, believing the lie, coming into agreement with the lie that you don't have authority over your children and over the airwaves of your home, just letting anything go, it's out of my control. That is coming under the influence of hollow philosophies and ideas without power from human tradition. Jesus says, parents, you have authority over the airwaves of your home. You have authority to take every thought captive. You have authority to determine the temperature in your home. Maybe it's losing vision. Maybe it's foregoing your God-given purpose to actually trade it for selfish ambition. Maybe it's single people and you're trading your destiny for convenience. You're beginning to doubt the goodness of God toward you. And God is saying, don't come under it. Don't come into agreement with that. Keep Jesus at the centre, continue in Jesus. You know, we heard recently, and I actually can't even place which sermon we heard, but I'm gonna give credit to the person who preached it and mentioned that Billy Graham, the greatest evangelist, one of the greatest evangelists that ever lived on the earth, saw millions come to know Jesus Christ, had a friend called Charles Templeton, really looked up to him, really respected him. And as well as Billy Graham's own doubts and fears and all the things that happened when you, he was at uni, When you go through that place, he watched his friend slowly walk away from Christ 
because of intellectualism, doubt, and end up at a destination of being an atheist, an agnostic, and then ultimately an atheist. Well, Billy Graham, again, fraught with his own doubts and fears and the things that come against any human being in this world. You live long enough in this world and there's stuff that comes, right? There's thoughts that come, thoughts that come in the dead of the night, questioning God's goodness. Does He love me? He may exist, but does He love me? Does He see me? Does He wanna intervene in my situation? Billy Graham had to fall to his knees and come to a place where it's recorded, he prayed, Father, I am going to accept this is Your Word by faith. He proclaimed, I'm gonna allow faith to go beyond my intellectual questions. And can I just say, God does touch the intellectual realm. We are not anti-intellectual here, but this is different. This is a spirit. Questions and doubts, and I will believe this to be Your inspired Word. And with it came renewed intimacy, walked in His purposes and led literally millions to Jesus Christ because He would not come under the captivity of the thoughts of human tradition. If you're feeling heaviness today, if you are feeling stuck in an area, if you've come into agreement about the nature and the character of God not being good, I really believe that God wants to touch your heart today, to free you to touch your mind, to touch your heart. I grew up um, in a family where my mum came to know the Lord when I was around about six years old in a beautiful Catholic church. She came to know Christ, was filled with the Holy Spirit and then moved to Sydney and came to this church. And I watched as my mum uh, grew as a Christian and took me along for the journey, you know, discovering the gifts of the Spirit. She was only a young woman. She was only in her late 20s and she'd missed out on youth in church. You do not want your teenagers. Youth is the best thing Horizon Church does. Can we give our youth leaders a hand? I remember going with her to the thing she missed out on, Youth Alive concerts in her late 20s. I remember her um, going through the Word of God and just taking me along on the journey but I remember her standing against every argument that would exalt itself against a knowledge of God. I remember her challenging me on the things that would create doubt. And I'm in awe and I'm grateful. I'm incredibly grateful at the discipleship that that she not only caused me to continue in Christ, but not come captive under foolish arguments that were going around. But I tell you what, It makes me sober in the right sense because we are one generation to change a generation and one generation to lose it. If I let my fire grow cold, if I come under captivity of foolish arguments, if I start believing that He doesn't heal today, raise today, work today, that He doesn't wanna use my life to share His uncommon love. If I come under foolish arguments, we can lose it in a generation. You know, I've got in my heart a generation that will serve Jesus Christ, that will continue in Him and an older generation that will pray, that will take authority over every foolish argument that is seeking to captivate a generation. He says, continue in Christ, but don't be held captive. Don't come under captivity. But then finally, He says, stay full in Him. Stay full in Him. In Him. Colossians 2, 
9 to 10, and I wanna pray for some people today. For in Christ is the fullness of the deity. For in Christ, the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. These are identity statements. Jesus is fully God, but you are fully full in Him. These are identity statements about Jesus and about your identity in Him. Do you know what the enemy goes for first? His identity and your identity. Is God really real? Did He really say? Is He really good? But then if He can't get you on that, He'll go after you. He may be holy, but you are rubbish. He may be holy, but you are second rate and there's something missing. It is a lie of the enemy. One of our children was obsessed with puzzles at one point and he was doing the big ones and lots of pieces. But he went through a phase and we knew he could do them. He was really good at them. But he'd lay the puzzle pieces out, the piles, and he'd just hit a wall and go, it's too hard. There's pieces missing. I can't get it right. It's all over the place. I can't put it together. It's essentially incomplete. There is something missing. He'd always, I'd hear him, I was in the kitchen and he'd be out there, there's a piece missing. And I'm thinking, no, there's not. And we had to train him. Look at the box. Look at the picture on the box. The picture on the box has the completion of what you're putting together. And in Jesus Christ, He is the fullness of God. He is the completion. He is the fullness. There is nothing missing in Him. But He says that you are the fullness too. You are the fullness in Him. There's not one thing that you lack. If you have Jesus, you have everything. You have fullness in Him. Your identity is sealed in Him. He's the fullness in your family. Would you stand with me? He's the fullness for you as a single person in this place today. He is the fullness of your future. He's the fullness for every insurmountable situation that you are going through. He is the fullness of the Godhead. Don't look at the incomplete. You know, this morning, I really believe that God wants to breathe on situations that may feel hopeless and say, I am the fullness for that situation. I am the fullness for that marriage. I'm the fullness for that healing. I'm the fullness for that family. I am the fullness. And it says in Jeremiah 15, 19, if you return to me, I'll restore you. Goes on in Psalms to say, we need to be revived continually. Psalm 85, six, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? You know, in Continuing in Christ, there is a daily revival. We experience His presence. We experience His transformation. He blows away the deception. He takes captive with us every thought. He he blows away the doubt. He deals with it as we continue in Him. So this morning, I actually, in a moment, we're gonna sing and worship with that song holy. And I just really believe that God wants to do a work. He actually wants to bring you to fullness, remind you of your fullness in Him, bring things to completion, minister to hope. 
But first, I want to pray for a group of people and maybe you've never, ever known fullness in Jesus Christ. Could I ask for every head bowed and every eye closed in this place? Maybe you've come today and when I spoke earlier in the service about feeling incomplete and scattered like something was missing, maybe that's you. Maybe everything's going great, but there is a piece missing in the jigsaw puzzle of your life. And genuinely, there is a piece missing for you. You can't settle. There's no peace. Work may be going well. Maybe you've studies going well. Relationships seem to be going good, but there is a missing piece. And it can only, it can only come through knowing Jesus Christ. Jesus is God, God in His fullness. He gave His life for you. He actually came into a human body. It says He put away, considering equality with God, something to be grasped at, no ambition in Him. But He came and lived a perfect human life, fully God, fully man, to make you right with Father God. This morning, we're gonna pray a prayer And it's giving our lives to God. It's saying yes to His offer of salvation. It's saying, Jesus, I want that missing piece to be filled. I wanna come to You this morning. I wanna know Your love. Maybe you're desperate for love. You desperately need to know the love of God. Human love hasn't cut it for you. Maybe the things that you wanted, you've got, but it didn't fulfil. And there's a reason why you will not be satisfied until you know Jesus Christ. He is the only thing that will satisfy the human heart. God has placed eternity in your heart. You can't even fathom it with your mind, but today you can meet the answer to that. Let's pray, church. And if you're praying for the first time, why don't you pray from your heart? God will hear you this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, I give You my life. I give You my heart. I give You the missing pieces. And I invite You in. Wash me clean. Make me new, put me back together. Thank You that today, the old has passed, the new has come. I've been born again. Every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you on the count of three, you've come to Jesus today, you want Him to make your life right. Would you lift up your hand? One, two, three. Thank You, sweetheart. Thank You, mate. Amazing, thank you, sweetheart. Is there, is there anybody else? Thank you. Is there anybody else that needs to join those people? To Thank you, mate, that's awesome. Is there anybody else today that needs to join those four or so people? Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. Is there anybody else today? And you need to say yes to Jesus. He will put you back together. Nothing else will do it the same as Jesus. If you need to make your life right with your Maker today, would you lift up your hand quickly? Amazing. Thank You, Lord. I'm gonna pray for those people. God, I thank You, Jesus, that You wanna put the missing piece there, that not only that, You wanna give them a whole new picture for their life. God, I thank You that right now You're washing away shame, You're washing away confusion, God, and You are bringing the pieces back together. I thank You, God, that they are new creation. The old has passed, the new has come today. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.